This is the Jay Che Show, brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline, focus, confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Let's begin. See, it says 99 there, so, all right, cool. That's when I graduated. We were there at the same time. We were in Gainesville at the same time, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. I went there as a finance major and then I left. I can talk about my journey. To yeah, yeah, PT. go for it. Whatever you want to so, talk about, man. Yeah, I don't, in terms of like, maybe I have, I jotted down a couple things that I might talk about. Are you, oh, this is where we're, we're going, Dude, right? we're, we're recording right now. Oh, okay. You don't even have to look at your phone. All right. This is just an organic conversation. All right, so, yeah. all right, so my, Hold on, let me, let me introduce everybody to yeah, you. Yeah, sorry. You're crazy. <laughs> I am a little crazy. Uh, JHA show episode, uh, back from hiatus, uh, 150 something. I can't remember. Um, I'm here with Jeremy Baber of the Baber method. Uh, this guy, you, um, helped me out a lot with my back pain. You saw me, uh, your, your son who comes to the, my dojo, who you bring to my dojo, uh, you know, you see me teaching and every now and again, you see me kind of like lurched over and hurting. And then you go, Hey, you know what? I, I think I can help you. And I, and I, I'm like, any help, I'll take it. And so you explain to me what, what, what's going on with me. And I'm saying, yes, yes, yes. Like check marking off everything that you're saying. Like this is yes, yes, yes. And then you give me, uh, some, positions slash exercises let's rewind it back you tell me tell the audience what you do and how it works okay so um what i do is i leverage the brain to fix the body so uh, people have heard the term neuroplasticity if i say neuroplasticity do you know what i'm talking about yeah okay so when i was going to school um, we never even really learned about neuroplasticity. So I graduated from PT school in 2002. From University of Florida. University of Florida, go Gators. And um, why that's important is that in the last 30 years, the research on chronic pain uh, has pointed to the fact that the majority of chronic pain that people are dealing with, and I'm talking when I say chronic, three months or longer. If you had your symptoms three months or longer, the longer you have that problem, the more likely it's from being perpetuated by functional changes in the brain. So when they look at people with chronic pain, when they put them in a MRI, a functional MRI, um, what they've noticed is that, like if I, and I'm assuming this is recorded, if I lift my left arm and it's pain-free, there's a precise blueprint, electrical blueprint, electrical signal on the right side of my brain that's producing that movement. But if I have a right arm that's painful, uh, stiff, uh, it doesn't move as well, the electrical blueprint on the left side of my brain degrades over time. It's like uh, like a software downgrade or like a computer virus. Okay. So it's like you get this computer virus in your vein, brain, but it doesn't disappear. It just gets worse and worse. It's like a snowball effect. And so we call that phenomenon when they look at the... Uh, the functional MRIs of people with chronic pain, they have this blurry, muddled presentation. They call that smudging. And unless your modality is fixing the smudging, you're not really fixing the problem. What happens is a lot of times when people go to rehab for chronic pain or chronic back, you know, chronic knee pain, back pain, a lot of times you're going to get better to a degree, but you're going to run into this glass ceiling because the smudging is, like I said, it's like a computer virus. And so when there's a computer virus, the computer is going to run funky. So, you know, anytime you have a computer problem, it can be in two areas. It can be in your hardware, your software, or both. And so 
what the literature on chronic pain has told us is that, hey, there's a big software problem here, guys. But as physical therapists, we're not given tools to address that. I know it sounds weird. Now they, they do have today. So what's different between when I graduated in 02 and now in you know, 2023, 2024, people are getting education in something called pain uh, neuroscience education, PNE. It's a cognitive behavioral approach. People are going to educate you about what a pain signal is, what's generating it, so that you f- way that you are educated about pain, you feel better about it. You have less anxiety, less stress. And that approach works, but it's not as effective as what I'm doing. And okay. in terms of what it is, it's kind of an indirect way of fixing smudging. The smudging gets better, pain, you know, pain uh, generation and pain perception goes down. But in terms of what I want to do as a physical therapist, I don't want to sit across from somebody and talk to them about pain. I mean, I will when I'm in my education uh, portion of a session, but generally my job is to prescribe exercise. That is the job of a physical therapist. And so my, I was thinking, well, why I need to find a way to prescribe exercises that change the brain. Mm -hmm. And so in 2000, so long story short, that's kind of what I do. That's different. I focus in on changing your software along with your hardware, but 80% 80% of what I do are exercises or what I call integrations to get the two, two halves of your brain communicating better. And often the cool thing about the brain is that if you put the right input in the brain, it'll change in minutes. And you've seen that. Like you saw how quickly your, you know, your strength changed, your pain changed. Yeah. Your muscles, muscular system, it takes weeks to change that. The only thing that could have changed in that period of time was your nervous system. So what I do is I have exercises that create software upgrades in real time in minutes. So when I I'm treating somebody. I'm not expecting to fix their pain in weeks. I want to reduce their pain by at least 50% in that 30, in 40 that minutes session. that I'm yeah. working with. Yeah. Yeah. That's my That's, goal. Uh, you know, and um, to give you an example of how well your method works, uh, months ago, I was playing at a golf tournament. And the day of the, day of the tournament, I woke up and my, my lower back was feeling terrible. I felt like I was there was a there was a hitch there and borderlining dull pain, and I was like, oh my god, I cannot pull out of this tournament. I, it's it's you know it's impossible. I got to play through this. And so I remembered the training that you gave me, the exercises that you gave me. Went to the men's locker room two hours before the tournament, and went through the motions. Okay, and reduced that pain in my lower right side by I don't know seventy five percent. It was like nearly gone. Now, I was still, of course, hesitant about taking full swings. However, it went from being painful to not so. And then during the course of the round, it just went away. And that was all attributed to the Baber method, to the the exercise that you gave me. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So that's awesome. Um, And as a therapist, the reason why I developed this system and, and the exercises that I've developed are, are part of a screen. I call it the neural activation screen. As physical therapists, we're taught to screen for range of motion and do different things, but nobody's really taken the time to create a screen for the motor cortex. And so the very first pattern that I developed um, was in 2020. Oh, sorry, not the very first, but the first one in terms of the screen, the first screen um, pattern I developed was in 2013. And then it kind of taught me um, kind of what to look for. And so I was in the Hamptons in New York City. So I used to practice in New York City. And um, long story short, let's see. 
How do I explain my time in New York City? Okay, so I moved to New York City after I um, met my wife. So my wife's from Lakeland. So the reason why I live in Lakeland is my wife is Allison J. Baber now, and she used to dance uh, professionally all over the country. And I worked for a Broadway show, it was called Moving Out. Um, I was their physical therapist, so I had the dream gig of a physical therapist. I got to tour around the country for three plus years on somebody else's dime with a bunch of fun, interesting people. And my work schedule went from nine to five to five p.m. at night to nine p.m. at night. <laughs> and I didn't and have. And you to, got to hang out with. And I, did, yeah. and I didn't. And I did gorgeous women, right? Yeah. Gorgeous, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so like I was like when I you know was on that gig I was like it's never gonna be this good again. Like I knew it at the time. I was like I was like I'm never. This is gonna like this is like this peak is it. my life. <laughs> and uh, oh man, can I say this? I was very hesitant to. Like to date my wife because if I keep dating her, I'm going to marry this chick and I'm going to give up this amazing life that I have. <laughs> that was my main problem. But then I, it was like I eventually knew. I was like, no, no. Like I. W- so after moving out ended, I toured with the Broadway show Wicked. Everybody knows what Wicked is. Yeah. yeah. So I toured with Wicked in a year, and I was in really. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I don't. That's talk, awesome. I don't talk about that stuff. I, I really. I mean, because it Here, sounds. Turn like, your body a little bit more this yeah, way. Like that. It sounds go. like I'm like, bragging. Like, like you know. Yeah. Way. Sure. So yeah. I feel like I'm bragging when I start talking about. No, stuff, so man, I don't. it's part of your life story. What, it, what you know? That's not bragging. Is it? It is what it is. It's factual. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. So I was in Oklahoma City with Wicked, and I had a dream where I died in a play crash, and I didn't get a chance to tell my wife that I loved her and wanted to marry her, and then I took the. I, I put told my. My boss, it's like, I've got to go to New York City and propose to my wife. <laughs> Whoa. And so I literally, the next day, flew to New York City. And uh, and you proposed. Yeah. That's I awesome. haven't thought about that in forever. Wow. I'm going to take a sip of water. Yeah, Ga- yeah, yeah, regain yeah. my composure. That's great, man. So, okay, all right. So, so let's, let's rewind it here. Sure. You were working a regular nine-to-five job. Yes. And then how? And then Broadway? So like, when like, I graduated from PT school... I moved to the big city. To me, that was Atlanta. Right. Okay. <laughs> so Atlanta's to me, that was city. that to me city? was the yeah. Big Apple because I'd only been to Atlanta before when you know for SEC championships. So my me being like a, a Gator fanatic is like great. I go to live in Atlanta, big city, lots of people. Gators are going to be in the SEC championship every couple of years. Lived there for like three years. Never once this you know it was it was the, it was the Zook years. So I right. oh uh, never God. had a chance to see the Gators play in Atlanta um, when I was there, but. The reason why I chose the practice that I worked for in Atlanta was I researched literally every PT company in Atlanta, and I found this one little company in Marietta, Georgia, called Neurosport. Okay. It's funny because it's neuro, because that's my big thing is neuro. Right. But Neurosport, and I saw a little clip on their website about performing arts physical therapy. I was like, what is this? I clicked on that link, and then boom, they were providing therapy for Broadway tours. And I was like, or that came through the Fox Theater and stuff, but they... Um, they hadn't had a, a national tour at that point. But when I interviewed with them, and so I, I, I was like, whoa, I'm going to, I need to like, you know, I, this is where I want to, this is my first choice. This is where I want to work. Right. So I interviewed with them and um, they, you know, liked me a lot and they hired me and I worked there for about two and a half years. And during that two and a half years, they were, they were preparing me to go out on a tour. Okay. And that tour was the Billy Joel Twilight musical called Moving Out, which is a phenomenal show. It's, okay. You know, I didn't even know that. I say I'm I'm not into uh, musical theater, so I didn't even know that that was a Billy Joel thing. That's awesome. Yeah. So um. So did you did you give like PT to Billy Joel and stuff? No, Billy Joel came out on site sometimes. I'm there. It was the toughest dance show ever, like physically. Okay. And so they needed a full time therapist to travel with them. It wasn't like the thing to always have a physical therapist on tour with you, but this show, because of the amount of injuries they had sustained on Broadway, knew that they needed a full time PT 
to go out and tour with them. So mm. there weren't a lot of companies at that point, um, was that 2004 and five, yeah, that were providing, you know, Broadway, Broadway therapy. Right. So the company that I worked for got the contract and then they trained me and I, they sent me out. So I got to go up there for tech rehearsals in New York City in the middle of like February when it was you know, freezing cold. And, yeah. uh, um, start treating the cast and then I was with them as they teched and everywhere. And, um, and then we went out on the road for three plus years or they, I went with them two and a half years and then I switched over to wicked yeah. when I knew that the run for, you know, cause they have, you know, it's not an infinite run. You basically shows end. So I, right. I hopped on wicked. So I knew that I would be gainfully employed for, cause I knew that show was coming to yeah, an end, yeah. but, um, wicked is awesome. It is awesome. an awesome show. Yeah. I mean, I, I've only seen less than a handful of, Broadway uh, musicals because mm-hmm. I mean I'm just not that guy I, <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but that one I went with a friend uh, and it was at the Pantages in Los Angeles and mm. man it was oh, dude it was really good I was yeah. so surprised I was like wow I'm a fan this is really good yeah, yeah. you saw it at Pantages that's awesome like that's yeah. where moving out um, well we played LA and that was like I remember LA that was great the LA opening was a big deal so right. like LA when LA was actually fun now yeah. it's not so funny I went anymore. To, I went, <laughs> I went so to LA funny. over Christmas and I was like, eh. It's gone. Oof. Yeah, because compared to where I went in 2005, it was amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, when, yeah. Like yeah. late 90s, early 2000s, Los yeah. Angeles versus what it is now are completely different oh, it's animals. It's really scary, actually. Yeah. Like but, right now, it's like, a, like an apocalypse movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Dystopian. It's, it's really world. sad. It's yeah. really sad. Um, so after um, move, I went to, yeah, so I moved from... Um, after Wicked, I moved to New York City. I followed Allison because Allison, my wife, um, mm-hmm. who teaches at Florida Southern uh, in the dance department and also teaches at uh, Orlando Ballet, um, she was in New York City. So I followed her there and I told her, hey, we're only going to live here for two years. Because I, I was so like, every time I'd visit New York, I was like, ugh, ugh. Right. It was right. intimidating. Somebody who grew up in Panama City, Florida, the Redneck Riviera, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was just intimidating being there. But then, you know, I became a New Yorker. So that was crazy. We lived there for eight years. Yeah. And, um, but in my time there, I went from Broadway and I could have continued on Broadway, been a dance therapist. I, I was starting to uh, train in Pilates. I, I got a, was working on my Pilates certification. And then I was thinking I was going to be in the dance world. So I was like, I got to get my Pilates certification. So I was working on that. Um, and in that time, I started interviewing for, posi- for positions and I met a well-known doctor physiatrist in New York City. His clinic specialized on a holistic treatment for chronic pain. So Mm -hmm. you did physical therapy, you got injections, you got pain management, you know, drugs, but you also did yoga every week. So you did PT two or three times, at least twice a week, yoga once a week. And you're also getting, it was a very like, there wasn't a lot of things like that back then, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was, you know, 08, I think. So I worked, so he, this is what got me in, in that interview because I was like, nobody wants to work at a chronic pain clinic, you know, as a, as a therapist. Sure. But he told me this, he's like, Jeremy, this is going to be the toughest job you ever have, but you're going to love every minute of it. And I was like, it was intriguing. And so I took the job thinking that, you know what, I'm a good therapist. I'm, I'm really good at what I do. And I was kind of cocky back then. And I was like, I'm just going to do a better job than these other therapists. That was my, my thinking at the time. But within a few weeks of working there, the population was not your typical chronic pain patient. There were people who've already gone through therapy two or three times. These are people just trying to live. Mm. And I got nowhere with them. I was doing the exact same stuff that the previous therapists were doing, stretching, manipulation, you know, exercise. And that's the definition of insanity, doing the exact same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So here mm. I am knowing 
that this person had failed physical therapy two or three times. And what am I doing? I'm applying physical therapy again, thinking right, like that's going to be this. Again. Yeah. I didn't have the perspective to understand that I didn't know enough about chronic pain, that I didn't even really know what chronic pain was in 2008. I didn't really understand it because the, the current way it's described and exp, you know, taught wasn't taught to me in school. So I was flying blind. And at that point I said, okay, I've got to learn about chronic pain. So at that point when I lived in New York, I'd just hop on a bus anywhere. Did a, right. uh, there was some cool training that I did. Um, but so I, in Washington, D.C., I took this course called Explain Pain. It's a gentleman named Lorimer Mosley, Mosley and David Butler. So they were the foremost experts at the time in pain neuroscience education. And their whole approach kind of cha- shifted my mindset because I learned in that course is that chronic pain is perpetuated by altered function in the brain the majority of the time. Hmm. So here I am in a clinic thinking that I have to stretch, manipulate, do whatever to that painful area. What I learned in that course, and the, the guy who taught my course is now, now another like major figure in America in, in pain neuroscience. His name is um, Adrian Liu. And he basically told our, core, our, our course when it closed, um, your job as therapist is not to treat the injured limb. Your job as therapist is to treat the neural representation of that injured limb. And right then, my whole paradigm shifted. I was like, okay, I've got to start treating the brain. But yet, there was no roadmap. The roadmap back in 2009 was, we're going to talk to people about pain. We're going to educate them. We're going to lower their anxiety, lower their stress. And what, but like I said before, it's like, I'm a physical therapist. I, don't, I didn't sit here. I didn't come there to sit and you know, talk with somebody on a couch. I'm not their psychologist. Right. I'm here to prescribe exercises. And that's when I knew I had to figure out a way to prescribe exercises that change the brain. So there's some other systems that you know, I've studied. But um, once you figure out that that's your job as a therapist, then you've got to start fi- you know, thinking about the brain. Now, when I talk to therapists, most of them, they still don't get it. They don't right. n- know it. And yeah. that's basically, that's kind of where I got to, how I got to, to developing my method. Now, in terms of like the method, I can explain it in a little bit more detail in a moment. Yeah. But, well, but, well, I mean, what I, when you say the word, and when I even describe it, what, what you've shown me to my friends... I try not to use the word exercise. It's an integration. Right. Yeah. Or I, I, I'm, I'm fumbling with words as yeah. to describe what it is. And I, and I find myself saying these positions or these holds uh, instead of the word exercise. When, you, when people think of exercise, they think of sweating yes. and lifting heavy things and plyometrics and you know a lot of physical exertion. You're, you're not doing a lot of physical exertion with, the, with these things that you're showing me. It, it, it's almost too easy. People it's think so easy. People don't under, because when you were a baby, you weren't lifting, you know, dumbbells. Uh, dumbbells. You weren't like that's not how you developed it. Like developed your movement patterns and the movement centers in your brain. They were basically developed with sustained holds. And so what do we do? We do sustained holds. Now, in terms of the patterns, they don't look like anything you've seen before because they are like things you've never seen before because I didn't make them up. I tested them out. So I developed this neural activation screen starting in about 2013. It took me about about two and a half years to find like the algorithm. And so the first pattern, which I call the big X, which is I give each of the patterns a nickname so that the, the member, the patient can remember them. And, and then and I, I send them videos and stuff like that. But in terms of 
what each of the patterns though is, uh, is representing a circuit in the brain. So your brain doesn't see muscles. It doesn't see the bicep. It doesn't see the triceps. It sees patterns of movement. And so what I did was start figuring out what pat what major muscle groups, which major patterns are, you know, what is connected to what. So the big X where you're standing and you turn your body into a giant X, that was the first pattern I developed. And it was based and in, inspired by a TED Talk. So there's this lady, Amy Cuddy. Um, Amy Cuddy, um, uh, so she's now a public speaker, and I've forgotten her background, but I saw her TED Talk, and she was talking about, like, job interviews and, like, uh, basically performing better under pressure. And one of the, th the things she did was she'd have people power pose. So when in nature, when an animal's attacked, you'll see them kind of bow up, make themselves sure. bigger. Right. Posturing. Posturing. Yeah. She started having executives posture before the interviews, take up space mm -hmm. to essentially... Um, you know, change their physiology and it works. Okay. And so what I did, I had a, I was on a tennis court in the Hamptons with, um, a bunch of D one collegiate tennis players who were, you know, just travel in that circle. They actually, the, the coach out there was a probably, he's the most expensive tennis lesson in the world probably. And he, he and I were connected and, uh, I had a, like a court full of his players and, um, Every one of them had this certain muscle shut off. And it's a muscle that had frustrated me for years because I could basically turn on most most muscles by that point automatically. But there's this muscle called your quadratus laborum, which is a big player in back pain, um, that was shut off. And I noticed that the correction that I had back in 2010, or that was about 20, yeah, that was about 2010. 2010 wasn't holding, it just flipped back and forth, flipped back and forth. And I was like, there's gotta be a different way to turn it on. And um, and so I had everybody do the power pose, uh, like something like used to, I think she calls it super women, where you get your, your feet out wide and you, Put you your hold this. Yeah, exactly. Fists, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the Superman pose. Or yeah. St standing Superman yeah. hero pose, right? And it didn't work. And I was like, okay, that's not it. Maybe it needs to be bigger because she, in her TED Talk, says something that they take up as much space as they can. So then I had everybody raise their arms up and we made the biggest X of our bodies as we could. Right. Because what the quadratus laborum does, it, it basically helps stabilize the lateral pelvis. It also helps basically abduct your legs. So I had everybody maximally abduct their legs and stand up like a giant X. Mm -hmm. And I ran them through the patterns at the way, at the way I, the, the, at the set and rep ratio volume that I know affects the nervous system. And I'm going to talk about why it works here in a minute. And then within three minutes, every single one of those players, every one of their QLs were like, steel beams on both sides and I was like oh my god this there's something to this and so what I've tapped into is a circuitry in the brain that controls our bilateral movement or if I pick up this you know water with my right hand it's the left side of my brain that's producing controlling that pattern but if I'm a marathon runner my body's moving dynamically through space and I go reach to go grab that water and I drink that water and throw the cup away as I keep running it's a completely different movement system in the brain that you're, you know, using. So I call that the global motor system. And so in terms of testing the global motor system and identifying lesions and problems with it, there's no roadmap to do that. It took me about two and a half years to create the screen because I had to map out the human motor cortex. And that sounds weird to say, but like I was testing a specific pattern of movement and seeing what muscles connect to that pattern. And for, there were certain rules involved. It had to shut off 
the entire side of the body, not just like one part or one muscle. I had to shut off the entire motor strip because the way your brain's set up is you have these, you know, a strip of motor, like from the big toe to the top, to your nose, to your ear, to your thumb on that side, they're all connected neurologically. So when you're moving through space, your brain knows what your left big toe is doing, what your right thumb is doing when you're moving dynamically through space. So it's a, it's a different system of control. And I basically found a way to test it objectively. And it just happens to change motor function rapidly but it also helps chronic pain like mm. rapidly. Yeah. And I can talk why I know that is that, um, you know, I'm now like a chronic pain expert, but, uh, one of my former patients, college tennis player, um, had a wrist injury and it from playing squash, not tennis, but he had some sort of compression injury where he, he ran into a wall and he did physical therapy injections has the, his dad's a physician, he has the surgeon for the Yankees tells him, okay, we're just going to open you up and, you know, do surgery. And he's like, mm. that doesn't make sense. It's like, you're just going to go in there and just look around for a problem essentially. Cause he's smart. He's an Ivy league, you know, uh, tennis player. And he's like, that doesn't make sense. So he asked for a referral. He was connected to that tennis coach that in the Hamptons got my name. I treated him two weeks later. There's pain completely gone. Yeah. And at that point, um, he said, I want to work with you someday. You know, I was like, what you're doing is so impactful. I, you know, I, you know, it's changed my life. And so, you know, at that point I was like, yeah, sure, kid. We're, we're going to work together someday. I didn't, you know, think much of it. Um, and I kind of went back through my, you know, about my practice. Um, you know, I was working at that point, just kind of doing like concierge uh, work uh, in, in Manhattan. I started off an outpatient in Manhattan I went from basically, you know, treating a lot of, you know, just, you know, people who live in Manhattan to basically treating people who are very wealthy, you know, right. just very, sure. just based on word of mouth because of what I'm, you know, able to do. Um, so, um, and I thought I was doing that, but then lugging, you know, my equipment so up the Upper East Side, you know, Central Park West, all that's like this, I don't want to do this. Like, this is not the life I yeah. want. And we already had our daughter. Uh, she was born. Uh, in 2012, um, my son was born in 2016, and by the time Lucas showed up, it was like it's time to get out of New York City. And just like I, I, I just feel like I was there to try to connect with people, and I was trying to connect with sports teams, and and it just didn't happen. And um, and I was like, I'm gonna because I thought, oh, I'm in Manhattan, I'm gonna meet somebody big. And I already met yeah. some big people, like sure. it's weird, but not in what what I wanted to do. Um, a couple of my clients were top 40 richest people in the world. Like right. billion, billion, like yeah. some one guy sure. who made like 20, you know, so, um, so I was like, but I knew like to them, even then I didn't explain it as well. It was kind of a novelty. They just knew that, you know, Hey, you know, Jeremy can fix my thing. I come out, you know, right. the Hamptons in the summer, you know, you know, have a circuit of people I treat, treated out there, but it just wasn't a business. Sure. And I didn't know if I really wanted to start a business in New York city. Cause it's, it's a tough place to start a business and it's just New York city is a grind. And the opportunity to come back home. Because I always knew I was going to come back to Florida. I just didn't know when. But once, you know, a second child trying to live in a one-bedroom apartment in New York City doesn't make sense. Ah, Exactly. So that was the best move we ever made was getting out of New York, escaping New York. Although I love New York. I still love, but it's like, I'm so glad I'm not there now. Right. If if, um, someone watching this and listening to this podcast uh, said, you know what? I've got chronic back pain. Chronic lower back pain. I've been to chiropractors. I've been to neurologists. I've been to PTs. Been to you know the place that they, they stretch you out. 
done yoga, done Pilates, done everything. Still, it just keeps coming back, mm-hmm. right? Jeremy, I I need your help. What can what can you what can you do for me? Um, well, you know, in terms of like, why does it keep coming back? It's because your brain's programmed to fail. You have a bad operating system, and this is the best way I can describe it. Once that that virus is there, it, you can't remove it. The way you remove, it's just like computer programming. You have to delete the bad lines of code. And that's what the integrations, the movement patterns that I've developed are literally erasing a bad line of code in the brain. And the way the rules of neuroplasticity are, there's two rules. Things that wire together, fire together. Things that wire apart, fire apart. So what happens is the way a muscle contraction is generated, and people don't, most people don't know this, it starts in your pelvis. So if I lift, move my thumb or turn my head, that muscle contraction didn't start in my start here. It starts in the pelvis. There's a preparatory contraction of the keystone of your body. So your spinal column inserts into a bone called the sacrum. It's right above your butt crack, uh, right below your waistband. That's the keystone of the human body. Right. Neurologically, your brain wants to basically stabilize its base. The muscle contraction spreads to your spine and then is expressed through the extremity. So that's called irradiation. What I figured out is that that cycle of irradiation has been disrupted. And so now it's no longer connected, it's disconnected. And then you just start compensating. You start getting, you had this pain, you had this injury, you had whatever. Pregnancy is a big one. I'll talk about why that is. You had this problem and now it's, your motor system has wired apart. It's basically stuck in a compensation. Now that compensation becomes your new operating system. Hmm. And that's why. Henceforth, the pain just keeps coming back. Exactly. And right. it's, it's a huge shift in terms of thinking for most people because nobody ever thinks about, oh, my pain could be coming from my limb. But think about Phantom limb pain. Here's somebody who doesn't have a limb, but they have excruciating pain in that limb. It mm. makes sense if you understand neurology. It's like, yeah, they have smudging of their motor cortex, right. sensory cortex. Right, right. That's what's generating the pain. So there's no pain there, but it's the worst pain that you can imagine. Yeah. And and this is when your uh, neural activation screen comes yeah. in. Comes right? in, exactly. This is where you're, you're basically testing people. Right. Yeah. So in terms of what the why I know the neural activation screen works for pain is that um, the high, the college tennis player that I worked with um, went to work for a health tech, a healthcare startup in Chicago. And then he asked me, uh, they asked me to come out and um, write their exercise programming. So in before I was the Baber method, I was doing something called Rekinetics, re, rewiring with movement. That was what it was called. And we were doing... I was trying to teach seminars in 2016, 2017, and I taught a handful of seminars, but, you know, I, you know, two small children, I'm not running around. I tried running around the country for a while doing that, and it was just too much logistically yeah. and time-wise. And, um, but we saw a better av- avenue as digital delivery of Rekinetics, and that's what we did. But then we sold that concept to a company. I can't mention them because, you know, legally. Sure. Um, yeah. But that algorithm that I created that they employ today um, the first 242 participants of, in our program with chronic back pain averaged 80% pain reduction in eight weeks. Damn. Those are the best outcomes in the world for chronic back pain. That is tremendous. Yeah. So Jeez, over 80%? 80%. 80%. Yeah. Wow. So we did a white paper on it. Uh, it's got, it got you know, published last August. And, um, and then I know internally the data is like, well, we have that same outcome for every other body part that we, so it's just the norm for us, eighty percent better in eight weeks. So I, I I know that if like now I'm like I'm I'm fairly confident because that's just digitally over the internet. When I can 
put my hands on you, right. I can do it faster. Sure, sure. So that's why I know I have a solid algorithm. Yeah. It's the, it's weird to say this. It's the best algorithm in the world right now for chronic pain, but nobody can get it because it's licensed. It's basically, it's, it's stuck in a place where only companies that use that comp, that healthcare navigator company that I used to work for have mm-hmm. access to it. Now they're, they're growing and they're getting big, but in terms of like creating momentum and actually changing things, changing a paradigm and showing people the power of neuroplasticity, I have to teach seminars. And like, it's like chicken before the egg, but like the experience of the last three years working for this company and seeing the outcomes that we're getting was a revelation. And because it's like, yeah, you know, I've treated you know hundreds of people, but now to see it like hitting a thousand and I'm like, wow, we're getting the same outcome and I'm not, I don't have to be there. It's right, pretty wild. Right. So that's given me the confidence that now it's the time to, to really get out there and teaching. So that's a lot of my focus is I'm going to start teaching seminars this year right. again. Are you now, are you still doing like, you know, like personal, you know, concierge type where if somebody called you up and say, Hey, you know, I saw you on the show. I heard mm-hmm. you on the podcast, you know, can you help me? I do. I, okay. I had actually been turning down people for a while because I just didn't have time. Like that sure. job was eating up so much of my time that I didn't have time to treat people. Yeah. Um, but I basically, you can, I can't tell you how many people, right. I mean, I'm, I'm in my forties, yeah. right. Guys in their forties who, you know, majority of us have lower back issues. Yeah. You know, even women, lower back issues. So, and I say, Hey, you gotta, you gotta check out this thing that I'm doing and I'm, I'm excited to, to share it. Yeah. And, but it, it, you know, I'm not the person administering it. Right. I'm just, you yeah. know, I'm singing its praises, but uh, you know, if I can give them your number or a website yeah, or what have them, you. I, I haven't built a website yet. I just haven't had time. I've been, you so don't busy. need one. You don't yeah. need one. If you're here in Lakeland, you know, just, they just need to send you a text message. Or yeah. Give you they, a call. The easiest way would be just to go to my Instagram, which is Baber method and just go to my Instagram, follow my page, DM me. And then B A B E R method. Yeah. Yeah. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. Yeah. And then, but in, you know, um, I think I lost my train of thought, but in terms of like, go ahead. No, you, you said eight weeks, 80% reduction. Yeah. You had me for six weeks, Yeah. about six weeks. Mm -hmm. And it basically vanished. Yeah. And every now and again, something would pop up, but that would only be if I'm not being disciplined about doing Mm -hmm the exercise I would have treated right. you longer but you were like oh I'm feeling so good I don't need the like we didn't actually finish but that was we good. didn't no. <laughs> maybe we should have finished yeah so because you because you had multiple things it was right like, it wasn't we, just the lower we back, knocked yeah. out the back and I was like okay we need to do the, the knee and because right. it's still, mul- knee, they're, knee still yeah. they're different because they're different circuits in the brain it's like right. I, I have a program for the knee so that's the cool thing is I've written algorithms for different body parts and those algorithms are consistent they work they have a track record of because we took a thousand there's a thousand people have gone through that program now and they're averaging 80 percent people who do the program average 80 percent reduction people who you know quit well they're not going to get that level of improvement but um so like that's weird to say this but like after seeing that i was like like that's weird the lord put it in my heart this like like late last year it's like Okay, Jeremy, it's time to start teaching this because, like, I, I I believed in what I did when I did it. Now it's like I know that I can teach others to deliver it. Sure, you know? and that's what what my mission will be the rest of my life. Right, like, to I, educate I found, people yeah. so that they can, you know, uh, put it into practice. Yeah, but yeah. I yeah. am like this year I'm going to start treating people in Lakeland. I I hadn't I kind of pushed away from that, um, but you know I recently uh, left the company that I was working for mm-hmm. and. Um, 
and so it's time because it's it's the time it's time it's weird it's just like it's time yeah you know so yeah. and I, I felt it timing's right perfect the timing's right yeah. yeah dude thanks for coming on the show man uh i'll uh obviously put in the show notes how to for people to get get in touch with you on instagram of course vapor method um can't thank you enough yeah, uh, it was like kind of serendipitous, really. That uh, that you know, your your son is number one. Your son is great uh, coming to, uh, to to the dojo at Karate Beyond, and he's one of my top ninjas <laughs> for sure. Uh, and then you know we've had a lot of mutuals, of course, and with your wife and dance and all that. But uh, but thank you for coming on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure, Jay. I didn't yeah. know what to expect. This was awesome. Thank you for listening to the Jay Che Show, brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline, focus, confidence. KarateBeyond.com Martial arts classes for men, women, and children. After school pickup, evening classes, and summer camp. Visit KarateBeyond.com